Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The cheerleaders at a gym in Buffalo have been recording themselves. What's up? To make a new documentary. We're the so-called news reporters. Because one year ago, a mass shooting changed their lives. He just walked around and shot all the black people. The cheer squad, most of whom are black, had to figure out how to go on and how to compete. I wanted the win for them more than anything this season. Listen to the Embedded podcast from NPR within the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect, but in reality... This guy is a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of a man who's fascinated me. His name was Sweet Daddy Grace, and that's a name you don't forget. He was a visionary who built a fortune as a black man during Jim Crow, during the Depression. But today, not many people know about him. Erased, sort of wiped out, and I wonder if this was done intentionally. Listen to Sweet Daddy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sriram. And I'm Arti. We have spent the last 20 years building and working at some of the largest companies in the world. We worked with some remarkable people, Rob McElhinney. When I see the people of Wrexham, I grew up exactly like them. Check out the Arthi and Sriram show. That is A-A-R-T-H-I and S-R-I-R-A-M show. Listen to the Arthi and Sriram show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What stands out to me is just the sheer massiveness of this thing and the 
absolute brutality of this thing. These were real human beings who lost their lives, and it's not just what happened to them, but they were actual people. Legal fireworks erupt in court as George Wagner, the force attorneys, try to put a sudden end to his trial in the Pike County Massacre. We would ask for a mistrial based on gruesome photos that have been shown to the jury. They know that these photographs are coming. So I, I don't know how much of this was rooted in legal practice and how much of it was rooted in theatrics. This is The Piketon Massacre, Return to Pike County, Season 4, Episode 7, Everybody Has a Story. I'm Courtney Armstrong, a television producer at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker and Jeff Shane. It's the middle of George Wagner IV's trial, and it's important to note that he has pleaded not guilty and has maintained he did not kill anyone. His father, Billy Wagner, whose trial is upcoming, has also pleaded not guilty to all charges. Hours of testimony from investigators and relatives has painted a very real portrait of what the crime scenes look like. But on this day of the trial, no one could have imagined the gruesomeness they would face. Listener warning, this episode covers a particularly graphic portion of the court testimony. Discretion is strongly advised. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, that you shall answer unto God? I do. Prosecutor Angie Canepa and her team called Dr. Karen Lumen to the stand. Lumen is a forensic pathologist who carried out autopsies on all eight of the victims. Wednesday, she talked about examining Chris Sr.'s son, Frankie Roden, and his fiancée, Hannah Gilly. Both were found shot to death in their bed inside a mobile home, with their infant son left alive between them. The eight deceased members of the Roden family were discovered on a Friday. Once investigators for BCI were done processing the crime scenes, the bodies were removed and transported for autopsy. And that you did the females first on April 23rd, that, sat- that same Saturday? Yes. Okay. And would you have done that first thing in the morning? Uh, yes. Okay. And what time is it's that? It's 6.07 a.m. Here's James Pilcher, longtime investigative reporter in Cincinnati, now with Local 12. She got the call. First thing Saturday morning, she starts in. She had to do eight autopsies in three days. But she actually did three on one day, and then another four on another day, and then another one on Monday. And these weren't just your run-of-the-mill autopsies. I don't know what she must have gone through that weekend. And knowing they're all one family, we're all like talking amongst ourselves. How are we gonna handle our own mental health through all of this? I can imagine what she's going through. Here's forensic medical examiner, Joseph Scott Morgan. You're talking about multiple gunshot wounds and lots of evidence, trace evidence to recover. Each one of these autopsies would have taken a couple of hours because it it would have been x-rays, external photographs, removal of clothing, searching for trace evidence on the clothing in place, documentation of the clothing, documentation of the holes in the clothing, the defects in the clothing, the blood stains on the clothing, all of those measurements, and we haven't even made it to the body yet. Just let that sink in. So can you imagine how exhausting this would be and how draining this is psychically? Based on a quick review of Dr. Lumen's work, she does not shy away from emotionally challenging cases. She has performed autopsies and testified in many murder trials, including those of toddlers. On the stand, she appears relaxed and direct. Can you tell us what we are looking at there? This is a photograph of uh, Hannah Hazel as we open the body bag. That's a picture of Hannah's chest showing her bra, and she has a maternity bra, and uh, the um, hooks for the front of the bra are open. And her breast is exposed in that photograph. And do you see liver mortis in that picture? 
There is some liver mortis in that picture, yes. Here again, Joseph Scott Morgan. Well, when you begin to think about liver mortis, it's probably one of the most uh, solid fallback positions when it comes to judging post-mortem interval. And the reason is, is that it's totally gravitationally dependent. It's not impacted by temperature. Sadly, the blood is impacted only, only by gravity. So the blood will actually pool in the lowest dependent area. And it's very simple to explain. Just, just think for a moment, if you've got a cup of water, if you pour that cup of water out into the sink, well, what's it going to seek? It's going to seek the lowest point of gravity. And in the case of the sink, it's going to be the drain. So just imagine, if you will, there's a body lying flat, which we would call the supine position, lying flat on the back, uh, face upwards. Well, the blood is going to pool into those dependent regions in the back on the posterior. We can tell how long someone has been down within two to three hours, essentially, when we apply all of these components, whether it's the rigidity of the body, the temperature of the body, and more specifically, post-mortem lividity, the settling of blood. Can you tell us if the liver mortis that you see in that is consistent with her laying mostly on her stomach, kind of to the right side? On the right, yes, on the right side, yes. Uh, what parts of the body did you notice injuries to on Ms. Gilly? Hannah Hazel had injuries only to her head. How many gunshot wounds did Hannah Hazel have? Five. Lumen examines an x-ray of Hannah Hazel Gilly's head and explains. You can see the, the round orbits where the eyes are. You can see where her teeth are at the bottom. And then you can see four relatively larger white radio opaque things on the right side of the head. Those are bigger bullets. They are deformed, so you see their funny different shapes. They're deformed because they struck the bone. And then you see there's tiny little pieces of metal above those four pieces and on the other side by the left eye. Those are all tiny little fragments of bullet. Joseph Scott Morgan. You know, they won't show certain photographs in court or they'll, because defense will say they're prejudicial. One of the most beautiful things that, that you can do is show x-rays because x-rays don't have blood. They don't have gore. You don't see bodies blown apart. You might see fractured bone, but it's black and white. And then anything that is radio opaque, you see that and you, suddenly the snowstorm appears before you and they look like little white dots everywhere. And those are fragments of bullets. And that is powerful when the jury looks at that. Everybody knows their brain is in the top part of their head, inside of their skull, and you see it. You know, a light bulb goes off and you say, oh my God, look in the brain. You can see the little dots where all of that, the bullet fragmented just ripped this body to shreds. But photographic evidence follows. Warning, some of this discussion is incredibly graphic. In that photograph, I'm looking at her left eye there's some clotted blood that you see along the margin of her eye. Um, the blood that's in her mouth is not an injury. It's um, blood that's there because of the fractures to the skull. It actually fractures the sinus bones, and then the sinuses bleed down the back of the throat passively. Okay, and it almost looks like her tooth is black, but that's actually blood. That's clotted blood, yes. There are a lot of people that, you know, want to turn a blind eye to the horror of this. You cannot escape it. There's no way to, you know, church this up. Within the context of the graphic detail lies the story. And, uh, you know, people as desperately as they want to turn away from it, you have to stare at it. You have to stare at it and assess it. You have to get past the horror of it, but you have to understand this. Every person that died deserves, deserves to have their story told. I think that it is unmanageable for the family. Hearing this graphic testimony from the coroner and also hearing Joseph Morgan's take on it, we forget they too are human beings who are seeing carnage and blood and bodies so regularly. We assume anybody who works in this space get used to seeing that level of gore. 
But that's simply not the case. Here again, Special Prosecutor Angie Canepa. Do you have an opinion as to whether or not her eye would have been opened or closed at the time that she was shot? Her eyes, because it at least got part of her eyelids, uh, I believe her eyelids were mostly closed. The fact that it didn't get the upper eyelid, it could be, you know, some people sleep with their eyes slightly open. It could be uh, that her eyes are slightly open. It could also be their eyes are fully open and it only got the bottom lid. So it did not go through the top eyelid. That's correct. Okay. So I can't tell technically if she was asleep or awake. And did you ultimately, well, can you tell us um, what distance did you determine that was? Because we could see stippling, uh, that's an intermediate gunshot wound. Okay, and that intermediate, again, is that three inches to three feet-ish yes. range. Yes. And do you have an opinion as to the effect that would have had on Hannah Hazel? Yes. And what is that opinion? She would have been immediately unconscious. Okay, and why do you say that? The bullet not only causes injury, but there's also um, kinetic energy that travels with the bullet. It's shaking up the brain. It takes a lot to break the bones in the skull, too. There's a lot of concussion trauma. So not only is it damaging her eye, but the brain is damaged as well. And so she would uh, become unconscious. This is only the description of the first gunshot. The bullet ended up in the frontal lobe of the brain. You can also see she's got some blood coming from her left ear. That's a sign that the bones inside the head, especially the bone where your inner ear is, is broken. Then you bleed outside your ear. So that's what you're seeing. Kanepa and Lumen go through each individual round, all five shots, and the damage each bullet did to Hannah Hazel Gilly's body. Here's legal analyst Mike Allen. What stands out to me is just the absolute brutality of this thing. I mean, it's stunning how brutal it is. Shot in the face, I mean, testimony about a baby nursing at his mother's breast, and she's shot. I mean, you think about Hannah laying in bed with that child and just the the depravity of, of someone doing that. It's really hard to imagine. All in all, Dr. Lumen extracted four bullets from Hannah Hazel's head. The fifth grazed her skull, creating a hole and a partial bullet wound. During testimony, reporter James Pilcher reported live from outside the courtroom. Frankie was shot three times in the head. Earlier Wednesday, Todd Fortner with the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation finished testifying about processing that crime scene on Union Hill Road, saying he found five spent shell casings in the couple's bedroom. Frankie Roden was lying in bed with Hannah Hazel Gilly. A pair of blue boxer shorts, the only clothing he was wearing. They were soaked with blood. Dr. Lumen holds up a paper bag with this evidence inside, but does not open it. She then picks up a box. This is our bullet box where we put all of the projectiles in. Uh, I have it labeled from the head uh, for uh, Frankie. And those represent the projectiles that you recovered from the head of Frankie Roden on April yes. 24, 2016. Okay. And can you tell us, did you notice any differences or similarities between those projectiles and the projectiles that you recovered from Hannah Hazel Gilly? Yes. Frankie was lying face up and was shot through the cheek, left temple, and ear. Hannah Hazel was at his side facing him. The shooter came into their room facing the left side of the bed and opened fire. Despite the graphic nature of the work at hand, there were only positive reviews of Lumen's testimony. Here again, James Pilcher. I can tell you, at least from the feedback I've gotten from watching her, that she has really a lot of respect in the community for the respect she's treated the victims in their bodies and the, the autopsy and everything else. But the next morning, it's not Lumen's testimony that is making news. Legal fireworks erupt in court as George Wagner, the force attorneys, try to put a sudden end to his trial in the Pike County massacre. We would ask for a mistrial based on gruesome photos 
that have been shown to the jury. Photos are only admissible if they're relevant and probative of a disputed issue. George Wagner's defense attorney, John Parker, claims continuing to show the jury gruesome photos of the crime scenes and autopsies is inflammatory, specifically since the actual facts of how the victims died are not in question. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts. What in the hell is going on in here? Everyone has their limits. I'd never confronted a situation like this. I just thought it was just a really terrible, immoral thing. A line they won't cross. I was stunned, and I just said, no. We're killing people. You may never have to face that decision. When you find yourself at that line. Thoughts racing, hearts racing. And somebody needs to just, for once, give everybody the whole truth. I'm like, this is evil. And the only person who can sound the alarm is you. I wasn't just going to sit silently by. From iHeart Podcasts, these are the whistleblowers. If you are disloyal. Bad things are going to happen to you. speak out. Disgrace to our country. He will pay. He should be prosecuted. When power corrupts, conscience is the last line of defense. I'm Miles Taylor. Listen to The Whistleblowers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Laverne Cox. I'm an actress, producer, fashionista, and host of The Laverne Cox Show. You may remember my award-winning first season. I've been pretty busy. There's always time to talk to incredible guests about important things. People like me have been screaming for years. We got to watch the Supreme Court. What they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is evil. They will take things away. And I can only hope that Dobbs is that like Pearl Harbor moment. Girl, you and I both know what it took to just get through the day in New York City and get home in one piece. And so the fact that we're here and what you've achieved and what I've achieved, you know, that's momentous. It's not just us sitting around complaining about some bills. The only reason that you might think, as Chase said, that we're always miserable is because people are constantly attacking us and we're constantly noticing it. Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share. How rude, Tanneritos, is the Full House Rewatch podcast you've been waiting for. Each week, get together with iconic characters Stephanie Tanner and Kimmy Gibbler, also known as actresses Jodie Sweetin and Andrea Barber, as they team up to relive every episode of your favorite Friday night comfort show. We spent our entire childhoods on a little show called Full House, playing frenemies, but becoming besties whenever the cameras weren't rolling. And now, 35 years later, it's our biggest adventure yet. Get ready for Jodie and Andrea to tell all as they take an in-depth look back at life in and around the Tanner home from the very, very very beginning. So if you think you know everything there is to know about Full House, how rude. We'll be reliving every moment with you and we'll be joined by our Full House family including all your favorites from 192 episodes. We'll reveal the hidden treasures you may have missed within the show and we'll take a trip down memory lane together. Listen to How Rude Tanneritos on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Jeff speaking with James Pilcher. The defense is asking for a mistrial. What do you make of that? Is that something that's valid? Could they possibly get one? They are pulling every trick in the book that they can to try to get this to start over, to delay it, 
to get the jury mad, to do whatever. The latest thing, they don't want the prosecution to be able to show the pictures up on the screen. Here again, Joseph Morgan. What is kind of out of out of left field is the idea that the defense attorney would ask for a mistrial based on the nature of the photographs. Most of the time, that, that kind of stuff is, is handled in pretrial motion. You, you come to an agreement as to what photography is going to be used. And in the pretrial motions, there'll be a hearing. And they, they knew this was coming. This is not, it's not like this just fell from the heavens and they're unaware. They know that these photographs are coming. So I, I don't know how much of this was rooted in legal practice and how much of it is rooted in theatrics. It appears that Judge Deering agrees. With the request for a mistrial denied, the prosecution moves on to crime scene three, the home where Dana Roden, Hannah Mae Roden, and Chris Roden Jr. were killed. The prosecution recalled BCI Special Agent Todd Fortner to the stand Fortner had already testified earlier in the trial about evidence at Chris Sr. and Gary's trailer. He took many of the photographs at Frankie Roden's house as well. One that caught the eye of both the prosecution and defense was an open window on the backside of the home. As you look at State's Exhibit B-135, you testified about that air conditioner that appeared to have some grass on it out back. Can you see that air conditioner in that picture? Yes, just outside the window. The back of Frankie Roden's home has two windows. The open window in question sits about five to six feet up from the ground with two HVAC units below it. Interior photos are shown next. Show the jury where that picture's taken from and what you're depicting in that picture. This is again from the doorway here, looking into the bedroom. You can see the clutter and the open window. Here's Stephanie. Looking at these photographs and picturing this room and where these windows are, an interesting detail too, I thought, was that there was a bathtub and they must have been raising baby chicks because to keep them warm, there were little wood chips in the bathtub where the chicks were growing. And right beside that, there was, you know, a toddler's pack and play, which we've all seen before. Just kind of a haunting image against the grisliness that took place soon after. Also, you know, it raises the question, there was so much stuff in and around where the windows are. It seems like it would have been very clumsy to get through that window. Special Agent Todd Fortner. And when you initially viewed that picture, did you think it was unlikely that anybody had come through that window? Yes, I felt it was less likely that someone came in without disturbing um, some of these items. However, it was not impossible. So clearly, somebody could have come through that window, but based on the way that those items appeared, nothing was knocked over or disturbed or upside down. Is that correct? Correct. He gave it some thought and uh, listened very carefully. And he opined that he didn't believe that that was the case. He said, it's not off the table. But, you know, the space is, is so tight this window, you know, that you would gain access through. And there is no underlying area to kind of leverage yourself up onto the windowsill. The defense tries to drive a wedge between the certainty of the prosecution and Fortner, alluding to one Wagner who could have fit through that window. Admitted murderer, Jake Wagner. You prepared a report in this case, right? Yes. And in your report, you discussed looking for points of entry. Do you recall that? I do. And what is it you said about that as a potential point of interest? I, as I've already testified, I said with the items there inside the window, I felt it was less likely to be a point of entry. Because it's such a tight squeeze to get through there and not disrupt those items. Even though you said it was unlikely, based on your observations, was it impossible? No, it was possible. Like I said, it would take somebody smaller and more agile but not impossible. When he said that, I went back and kind of reflectively looked at the images of Jake. You know, back during that period of time, on some level, he's bulkier now, but back in 16, he was a smaller person. Jake could have made through it back then, but I think it's highly unlikely. 
there's another point that we have to consider here. If you go through a window, particularly one you have to leap up to and kind of pull yourself through, there would be some remnant of you potentially, a much higher probability of some remnant of you left behind in that small space you're trying to wiggle through. You testified that you didn't do any swabbing or DNA of that open window area as part of your work out there on that day. Is that correct? Correct. But did you find out or do you know that later, as part of the investigation, eventually that area was swabbed for, for DNA? Yes, it was. There was no DNA and no fingerprints recovered in or around the window. Every contact leaves a trace. So everything that we do physically within the construct of a crime scene, if we touch a surface, we're going to leave some element of ourselves behind, whether it's an oily fingerprint, whether it's a bit of fiber, whether it's a bit of uh, touch DNA, which is shedding skin. And to my way of understanding, they didn't find any of that. The next morning, another attempt by the defense to shut down the trial. Here's Judge Deering. A motion was filed earlier this morning, motion number 111, entitled Motion for Mistrial. Thursday began with another attempt by Wagner's defense team to get a mistrial in the case. But as he did Wednesday, Judge Randy Deering overruled that motion. Here again, Mike Allen on why the defense would file motions on back-to-back days. They're making a record. From what I understand, it was an oral motion the day before yesterday. It was put in writing yesterday and filed, and the judge heard the one that is in writing today. It's all about making a record in case there's an appeal. Again, Joseph Scott Morgan. If George is found guilty, it's immediately going to go up on appeal. And I I can promise you this is going to be a point which they're going to argue on appeal. They're going to say these photographs were so prejudicial, so over the top, that it, it swayed them in an inappropriate manner. It painted my client as some kind of monster. Soon after the exchange, Hamilton County Chief Deputy Coroner Dr. Karen Lohman returned to the stand. Dr. Lohman, can you tell us what we are looking at there? So this is a side x-ray of Dana's head. You can see she has some fillings in her teeth and she has one, two, three, four, about six large pieces of bullet and bullet fragments in her head. Kanepa, seeing the graphic nature of the photo, pauses for many awkward seconds. Lumen grimaces and looks down while Kanepa decides what to do. She asked the judge to remove the photo from the in-room screen. I'm gonna, can you minimize that please? I'm going to approach the exhibit with this next photo, if that's okay with the court. I'm sorry, you're going I'm gonna to... approach the victim with oh, this next yes, photo. Oh, sure. From here on in, she only shows Dr. Lumen and the jury printed photos of the autopsies. Doctor, can you tell us when you did your examination of Dana Roden, how many gunshot wounds had she received? Five. Matriarch Dana Roden was in a nightgown in bed when she was shot. And can you tell us where was gunshot wound number one located? Uh, on the diagram, number one is on the far left. It looks like it's on the right forehead. It's a little more on the side of the forehead. It traveled across following a relatively straight path to the left side of her head, uh, struck the bone on the left side of her head, but did not exit, and then fell inside her skull to underneath her brain. And gunshot wound number two, where was that located? That is closer to the center of the right forehead. Shot three was similar. The other two grazed her skull and shattered her jaw. And can you tell us, do you have an opinion, were the bullets and projectile that you um, recovered from Dana Roden, was that consistent with the bullets and projectiles that you removed from Frankie Roden and Hannah Hazelgelly? Yes. Okay. And inconsistent with the bullets and projectiles that you recovered from Chris Sr. and Gary Roden? Yes, that's correct. When initial photos of Hannah Mae Roden in a body bag are presented to Dr. Lumen, Angie Canepa immediately draws attention to a tattoo. There is uh, what appears to be a tattoo close to the 
underwear line or the bikini line, um, and can you tell us what those initials are? Uh, the initials are EJW. Here's Stephanie. Hannah Mae wrote in on her body, she has a little tattoo with the initials EJW on her hip. Those initials, of course, are for Edward Jake Wagner. That's Jake Wagner's legal name. And it just paints a picture. At one point, she was deeply, deeply in love with him. This is a side view of Hannah's head. You can see that this elongated piece of metal and a shorter one there, those are the earrings that we saw previously in the previous picture. And then you can see some small, radiopaque, white um, pieces of bullet in her head. And when you conducted your examination of Hannah Rodin, how many gunshot wounds did you observe her to have? Two. Here again, reporter James Pilcher. Hannah was the main target because she was the one holding up the issues with the custody. And yet she only got shot twice. And the rest were, you know, Dana got shot five times. It, it makes no sense. Hannah Mae Roden was shot in the upper left back of her head and behind her left ear. She was found resting, facing away from the door to her bedroom. So if, for instance, somebody comes in through here, this individual sees that person and then turns away, either instinctively to, uh, because they see a gun, and or to protect the child that's laying in bed with them, are the injuries and the pathways um, that you saw um, to her head consistent with that? Yes. Did you observe the shirt to be in any certain position? Yes. And what was that position? The shirt was pulled up over the right breast. And did you um, actually um, have some other abnormal finding when you did the internal examination of Hannah Rodin? Or an additional finding? I yeah, say. not necessarily abnormal, but yes, okay. there are additional findings. And what was that? Uh, one of them was that she was lactating, and uh, the other was that um, her uterus was enlarged because she'd just given birth several days before. So it takes a while for your uterus to shrink back down. So I could tell that she'd recently given birth. Back in 2016, the weekend after the murders, Karen Lumen returned to the morgue on Sunday. After spending an entire Saturday with the bodies of Dana, Hannah Hazel, and Anna May, Chris Jr. was the first body she examined that day. The 15-year-old was found lying on his stomach, covered by a comforter. There were four shots to the right side of his head and face. And is that consistent with the body being positioned this way and somebody coming up and shooting him from this side? Yes, yes. Did you observe any exit wounds to Christopher Jr.? No. Did you collect the projectile that you recovered from within his head? Yes. Okay. Showing you it's been marked as States Exhibit K-93, if you can tell me what that is. Uh, this is a bullet box labeled from the head, and it's holding all of the bullets in one box that we collected at autopsy. Here again, James Pilcher. Seeing the crime scene photos of Chris Jr. about made me cry. I'm a parent of a 15, 16 year old. And to see him just lying dead in bed with a bullet hole in his forehead and purple was just not something I'd ever want to see again. That afternoon, court adjourns for the week after hours of grueling testimony about crime scene three. Jurors who will decide George Wagner's guilt or innocence have a lot to think about this weekend. Let's stop here for another break. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. Back in the 1990s in Las Vegas, a few of us dated the most eligible bachelor in town, Bob. He spoke several languages. He did medical missionary work, and he was Jewish. He was perfect on paper. 
But he wasn't. He really wasn't. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. Bob could lie about anything. It only takes the one time and somebody ends up dead. Unfortunately for Bob, us girlfriends know how to fight back. I wanted him to pay for his crime. He needed to be put to justice. I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. I will always hound you and haunt you. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcasts. What in the hell is going on in here? Everyone has their limits. I never confronted a situation like this. I just thought it was just a really terrible, immoral thing. A line they won't cross. I was stunned, and I just said, no. We're killing people. You may never have to face that decision. When you find yourself at that line. Thoughts racing, hearts racing. And somebody needs to just, for once, give everybody the whole truth. I'm like, this is evil. And the only person who can sound the alarm is you. I wasn't just going to sit silently by. From iHeart Podcasts, these are the whistleblowers. If you are disloyal, bad things are going to happen. If you speak out, disgrace to our country, he will pay. He should be prosecuted. When power corrupts, conscience is the last line of defense. I'm Miles Taylor. Listen to The Whistleblowers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name's Laverne Cox. I'm an actress, producer, fashionista, and host of The Laverne Cox Show. You may remember my award-winning first season. I've been pretty busy, but there's always time to talk to incredible guests about important things. People like me have been screaming for years, we got to watch the Supreme Court. What they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is evil. They will take things away. And I can only hope that Dobbs is that, like, Pearl Harbor moment. Girl, you and I both know what it took to just get through the day in New York City and get home in one piece. And so the fact that we're here and what you've achieved and what I've achieved, you know, that's momentous. It's not just us sitting around complaining about some bills. The only reason that you might think, as Chase said, that we're always miserable is because people are constantly attacking us and we're constantly noticing it. Listen to The Laverne Cox Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share. In our 22 years of friendship, Andy, this has to be the most bizarre thing we've ever done. I know. I love it. Our podcast, My Vagina Said What, is a podcast where we ask our everyday vagina listeners to pull up a seat at the best friend's table as we share our most personal and humiliating stories and ask questions about women's bodies. We are going to discuss all body things, like what exactly are we supposed to do with our pubes? Oh my gosh. If you could have a heart-shaped pube that were bedazzled in pink rubies. Perimenopause? I feel feel right now justified. I'm going to start my own personal movement. I'm going to start blaming anything that goes wrong in my life on perimenopause. Leg hair too long? Perimenopause. <laughs> Don't have the will to clean? Perimenopause. Exactly. Our whack periods, boob issues, and so much more. Listen to My Vagina Said What podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What? Monday morning comes quickly for a tired panel of jurors. Dr. Lumen arrives for her final day of testimony. It's the final day bearing witness to the most grisly details of how an entire branch of the family tree was chopped off in one night. In a previous episode, we analyzed Kenneth Roden's crime scene, known as Crime Scene 4, in depth. But Karen Lumen adds an additional detail we had not heard about Kenny Roden's murder. Do you have an opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty as to the cause of death of Kenneth Roden? Yes. And what would that be, Dr. Lumen? It was a single gunshot wound to the head. His eyes were closed because the bullet went through his eyelids. This is where we found the bullet. It is a refrain she touched upon across her testimony. James Pilcher. Loman said she could tell many of the victims died in their sleep. It became apparent, looking at where the wounds were, that it, it seemed that many of them were shot multiple times and never moved, never appeared to have reacted 
to other people in the house being shot as well. Here's Jeff speaking with Mike Allen. It's more detailed than we've ever gotten about the brutality of, of what happened to the Roden family. And, you know, there didn't appear to be much of a struggle. And she said that's not normally the case. My guess is that they're pro- they probably were asleep because, I mean, if you hear a gunshot or if you see somebody coming at you, holding a gun or anything at that time of night, I think your suspicions would be raised and you didn't have any defensive wounds and nobody really resisted. Yeah, it's 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 hard to like picture it. I mean, I, I it for sure to me points to that that Jake was not alone in shooting them. Like there had to have been more than one shooter. I mean, if you think about if everyone was in bed, if you go to Dana's house, it's Dana, Hannah, and Little Chris. So are, were there three shooters at the same time, you know, all counting down? Or could there be another reason no one woke up? They're getting further and further away from tying it to the actual defendant here. We really got to get to the beginning when the plotting and planning and real conspiracy took place. And this is a fired bullet, a 40 caliber. So the focus of testimony now is ballistics, the bullets that were found at each of those four crime scenes. It's part of a number of experts the state will be calling to show the jury the evidence to tie it to the Wagner family. They have to show this because we learned today there was no Wagner family members DNA at any of those four crime scenes. More on that next time. For more information on the case and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at KT underscore studios. The Piketon Massacre is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, Scott DeGraw, Andrew Arnau, Gabriel Castillo, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Jared Astin. The Piketon Massacre is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol Fisher, and I'm hosting a podcast called The Girlfriends. It's Las Vegas, it's the 1990s, and it is time to find a husband. There were four Jewish doctors who were felt to be eligible bachelors. One of them was Bob Berenbaum. On paper, he was perfect. But in reality, this guy is a wacko. He choked her to the point she went unconscious. I would call him and I would say, I know you killed my sister. You can listen to The Girlfriends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Will Daly. For years, I've been on the road playing shows and seeing America through live music. This summer, I'll hit the stage with season two of Sound of Our Town. Ten cities, 12 episodes, every other Thursday. We explore the live music venues and culture of a new American city with each new episode. Our tour continues into the kind of venues you want to get to when you land in Detroit, Providence, Denver, or Seattle. Listen to Sound of Our Town on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sridhar. And I'm Arthi. We have spent the last 20 years building and working at some of the largest companies in the world. We worked with some remarkable people. Rob McElhinney. When I see the people of Wrexham, I grew up exactly like them. Check out the Arthi and Sriram show. That is A-A-R-T-H-I and S-R-I-R-A-M show. Listen to the Arthi and Sriram show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of a man who's fascinated me. His name was Sweet Daddy Grace. And that's a name you don't forget. He was a visionary who built a fortune as a black man during Jim Crow, during the Depression. But today, not many people know about him. Erased, sort of wiped out. And I wonder if this was done intentionally. Listen to Sweet Daddy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.